Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jonathan Harvey, and I am your host of the Modern Conservative Podcast, the one and only podcast that is great for your health, at least your political health. Um, I want to once again thank everyone for listening to the program, and I just want to acknowledge you people in Ukraine who are listening to me now, and those of you that are in Russia who are actually listening to me now. I appreciate you. I wish you all well on both sides of the border. Um, Keep your chin up and your head down right now. And uh, we over here, we love you. We support you no matter what our president may say, what our president may do. And when he does do something, it's usually not good. So I would say have no faith in that man. Um, Today, I have a special guest on. It's a good friend of mine. Mr. Jake Oaks. Jake, how are you? Pretty good. So what brings you to my neck of the woods? Well, I I heard you were stirring up trouble and I wanted to compete with you and stir up even more. (laughs) Me? I'm black. I can't stir up trouble. We don't do that anymore. Oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was was probably racist. (laughs) Yeah, dude, dude. Yeah, we can't say that anymore. But no, Jake, I love, dude, I'm glad to have you and, uh, I hear some fantastic news that's coming up in April. What do you got going on in April? Yep, uh, April 9th, um, and recognize the GOP uh, set after I had been promoting this for a few weeks. Uh, so it was not a simple just let me reschedule after I'd already booked flights. But we've got a really cool conference that um, if you're in Salt Lake County or Utah County, and part of the delegate in those conventions, uh, there's a good chance you're still going to make it in time for this event. But April 9th at 1230 at Slopes Event Center in Draper, we have Amaya Pernobi from PragerU. Uh, John, you're familiar with her, right? Uh, um, she's like a famous uh, TikToker, cons- young conservative, correct? Yeah, yeah. So she was actually, uh, she's not just conservative and black, but what I love about Alma is she's not she's not like a, a token. They didn't just find a random Prager. You didn't just go find a random black girl just to have a token. She knows what she's talking about because she's a she former does. she's a former Black Lives Matter organizer, uh, and so now she's very articulate, uh, having done lots of research on Marxism and goes around the nation speaking on that, trying to uh, empower us with the tools that we need to combat that. So that's that's kind of what we want is a lot of people have heard this term Marxism, but don't actually know what it means uh, fully and how it's the root of so many of the issues we're facing. For many, many years, Marxism has been around or they have tried implementing Marxism um, for many, many years. And there's different forms of Marxism. And uh, every single time it gets shot down because. We wake up just in time to stop the spread of Marxism. And so they're never going to stop spreading Marxism. And the thing is, your guest host, um, Amalia, is that's how you pronounce it, right? Amala. Yeah. Amala. Well, I'm black, so we say Amalia, you know, different dialect. (laughs) But um, Amala, now she's no Candace Owens, but she's pretty damn close. She's pretty damn close. (laughs) So if you love Candace Owens, you love Brandon Tatum, you love Jacobs, 
you love John Harvey and the Modern Conservative Podcast, John Harvey, the state director of Blex at Utah, come down and visit the event. I promise you, you will learn more at that event than a lot of the other events that you were participating in um, throughout the course of the year. Um, so, Jake, let me ask you this. How, how, how is the fundraising going right now? Seat selling, putting asses in the seat. Yeah, um, you know, as I mentioned, uh, people are concerned about getting a ticket if they're a delegate because they're not sure they'll be making it. But uh, there's plenty of other patriots who are not delegates. We're asking you to come out of the shadows, come support this event. Um, you know, we know it's not a free event. We are asking you to pitch in just a little bit for a ticket. Uh, that's because we've got a state-of-the-art facility that are super nice. And, um, you know, paying to have someone really special, I'm going to come out. Uh, but considering everything, the package we're providing you, uh, we're really not asking a lot, especially right now. We've got a very special promo uh, that's a buy one, get one free. So it's normally $34 for a ticket. And right now we're doing buy one, get one free. So go to utahliberty.net. Again, that is utahliberty.net. And if you put in the code BLITZ, you can get buy one, get one free. That's good until um, Sunday. Now, Sunday, now do you have other who's Now, you have other guests as well, correct? Yes. Yep. Who else so is we, on your card? Yeah, we've also got uh, Carlos Moreno. Um, so uh, those on here don't know, I've, I run a show called Liberty Defenders of Our Constitution. I actually had John on there along with Carlos. He is from Venezuela uh, and not just has seen socialism, but he saw where Venezuela went from being a booming economy, actually, to the, um, the destruction that we see of it right now, that, that process, and can very well articulate kind of the, the matching pattern he's seeing here in the U.S. right now. We've also got Richard Williams, who's with the National Association of Scholars. Uh, they're a national association of mostly professors who are banding together uh, with their research, identifying kind of what methods and means Marxism has been able to infiltrate so many institutions in this time uh, and, and how to combat that. They're pushing back mostly in the university level. We've also got Eric Mutzos, a uh, pretty popular Utah patriot and former Salt Lake City police officer who uh, stood up against some horrible policies there. Good friend of mine in the show as well. Yeah, totally awesome. And uh, last but not least, Al Jackson, former state senator, uh, who's now out in D.C. lobbying for some positive change in the thick of the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> and it's thick. It is thick. Absolutely. So... Let me ask you something. Now, this the event, the event on April 9th. Um, what's the capacity there? Because so, it's, seats are pretty limited, aren't they? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, if we talk to the venue and there's room enough, if we really want to get cozy, um, <laughs> we can maybe squeeze close to a thousand seats, but the comfortable seating is about 650. Um, 
And so you definitely want to get your tickets because this is going to be really popular. If you're waiting to buy at the door, uh, you might be disappointed. Still come if uh, we'll try to see if we can squeeze you in. But I'm telling you, you really want to make sure that you're reserving your seat now at utahliberty.net. And I, and I want to, you know, talk to my friends out there from UPU, Blex at my organization, and uh, Eric's organization, Pathway Forward Utah. Spread this word out to your members. Let them know that this is something that we all should share in and make a move to visit this event and have a good time. Isn't there some kind of VIP lunch or do you guys still have that? Yep. Um, there is the... There's different ticket options. So we've got a, a just a general admission. Um, we also have a VIP ticket option that would get them full access backstage to meet and greet with Amla. Uh, and then we have a pass called Honor Guest. And it's that full stage, full access backstage pass at the event, plus uh, dinner with Amla after the event. That's after the event? So- Correct. Now, what, what are the times of the event? So it starts at uh, check-in will begin at 1230. Uh, and we've got some vendor booths, um, a really nice exhibit hall that you'll walk through. And then uh, shortly after the, the show will begin, it'll conclude about 430. And we uh, would be doing the dinner uh, announcement for those who have purchased the ticket will be given in about a week, but we're planning probably about six 30 for a Brazilian restaurant. That's really nice. Wow. That's doing it the right way. That is <laughs> doing it the right way. And how much is a t- ticket? I mean, is it $34 you said? 34 for the general admission. Um, and then it's $50 for the full access at the event. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want the honored guest pass, uh, mm-hmm. that's only 95. That includes the full access at the event, your ticket there, plus uh, also a nice meal with Amla. And that's everything. So basically, all is all inclusive for the 95. Correct. Yep. So you really can't go wrong. And so the event center. Now, you said it was top notch. So are we talking is, like yeah. really, really, really top notch? We're not talking yeah. about some barn, right? Not- <laughs> I don't know. You get, you've been looking at some properties. Are you going to buy a barn so we can do some events for free? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm still thinking about it. I'm still thinking. Um, about it. I love. I love my state. Yeah. No. There's there's uh, there's uh, places that are uh, bigger in size, uh, but in terms of kind of the the quality of atmosphere, this is definitely one of the most uh, nicest venues in Utah. So, so everybody think about that. Um, please come and see us. I will be here at the event. Um, we will have a booth at the event. We do have a booth there, don't we, Jake? Yes. <laughs> we will be there. Come down, chit chat with me, see the show, have a good time. And uh, like always be a patriot and join other patriots. So, Jake, there's something else I want to, you know, run by you. I hear you're running for office as well now. Where the hell did this come from? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, the guy that's always said, no, I don't want to run for office. Right. I I can do better influencing it 
influencing change from the outside. Right. I remember that. Well, you know, I, I was, uh, I was watching, uh, different positions. I've actually had a few people reach out. Um, I know you just mentioned Dan McKay on, on your last episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that the week I was the, nice. <laughs> I was nice. For, for John Harvey, you, you played it off nice. Yes. So, you know, the the final week for filing, I actually got like 10 calls from people saying, are you in his district? Can you run against him? Um, unfortunately, I'm not in his district. And unfortunately, we I actually spent um, Thursday afternoon and Friday morning after I kept watching uh, the filing. Uh, you know, the updates on the candidates, not seeing anybody. I spent Thursday afternoon and Friday morning actually making calls to see if we could find someone in that district. I Really? I did, yeah. But then I was watching my own district, just watching different positions. I, I don't think, at least, I, I'm not going to say never, but I, I don't think that being a legislator is for me. But the reason I chose Utah County Clerk is because uh, – it's not just one person amongst many that you're voting on an issue that your vote may or may not make a difference. You are one person that's deciding things for the elections of the county. Mm-hmm. That's pretty That's pretty big and pretty important. I notice uh, the people running for that are in favor of the mail-in balloting and also ranked choice voting. And so when I noticed, you know, when I saw that nobody else, no other patriots were stepping up to run against them, I said, oh, my gosh, I am already a state vice chair for the Independent American Party. I run my organization, Liberty United. Uh, I've got stuff with my church (laughs) and I've got this big conference. Uh, I've got way too much on my plate, but you know what? I'm going to hell marry it. Because we yeah, need someone to come, we need someone to combat that. And uh, you know what? This is actually going to make history for the first time ever. You know, there's there's nonpartisan positions like mayor or city council. You stay registered with your party, but it's not really a, a partisan position. Well, uh, county clerk is a partisan position, and for the first time in like forever, there's no. There's no Libertarian or Utah United Party uh, candidate. And there's even more shocking, no Democrat running for this. Why is that? You know what? I think they were just worried about uh, other positions and they overlooked this one. I, I'm, I'm not sure, actually, other than the hand of God. So let me tell True. you something. I'm, I'm, I'm independent. You know that. Right. Uh, and I can't tell you how frustrating it is hearing, well, I'm not going to vote for you because an independent will never win. Well, who, who's, who's deciding that, though? Is, is it some kind of mystic system or is it you, the voter, that's choosing not to vote for an independent? Uh, you know, don't, don't yeah. try to push blame somewhere else it's saying it's some kind <clears throat> of system out there. It's, it's you. It's the voters. We need to step up and 
uh, you know, I'm not talk. I'm not saying we need to take down the Republican Party. I'm, I'm not saying that, but we do need to take power away from where just two parties control everything. Um, we've got to have more balanced uh, accountability and, and control in, in our political system. And, uh, you know, God has provided it where no Democrat is running. The often excuse is, well, I'm, I agree with you. I agree with the independent American candidate and that party. I'm just mm-hmm. afraid to vote for them because I don't think they would win. And I'm afraid to split the vote and get a Democrat. So that's always the excuse to not vote for a third party candidate that they might agree with more is they're afraid to split the vote. But if there's no Democrat running and after the Republican primaries, it just comes down between me and one Republican. If you want to secure your elections, you have no fear in some kind of wasted vote, quote unquote, mentality, because there's no Democrat. You get to vote your conscience. And if you want to secure your elections, I'd vote for the independent candidate myself, not trying to promote myself, but saying, if that's what you want, then this is what you vote for. You know, I in, in my mindset, you know, I'm a conservative, so I don't even proclaim myself to be a Republican because I've always said there's a difference between a Republican and a conservative. Not all Republicans are conservatives. And this is what people don't understand. Now, when it comes to a Democrat, I'd much rather have an independent between the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'd much rather have an independent as my border than the alternative when I don't want to vote for a particular Republican, I would have to vote for a Democrat or not vote at all. So at least yeah. for me, you know, you're that part, that part where I can say, you look, I know Jake, he is an independent guys are constitutionalist. You know, he calls himself an independent, but he's truly a conservative. He just doesn't know. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> but, uh, Because everything you you speak and we talk about, I'm in line with it. Um, Well, I I am conservative. Exactly. Uh, So I'm just not Republican. Exactly. Your political affiliation is not Republican. You don't have to be Republican to be conservative. But people don't understand that. People think when you're independent, maybe you're more of a moderate. And, you know, and that's what scares a lot of people, too, is the moderates as well. So because a moderate can literally go either way. Well, hell, that's what Republicans are doing now. <laughs> They're going either way. So there is no safety anymore. nowadays, there is no safety. So people need to learn to vote for someone that's going to do the job that their particular Republican is not saying or stating or doing. So and that's why I like the fact that, you know, you're independent. Now, yes, I do wish you were a straight up conservative. I do. But I know you. I know what you're going to do once you get the office. You can practice conservative values. Because um, I know you personally. And I simply can say, I know the man and the man's going to do what he says he's going to do within his power. So I don't see you as a guy that make promises. And I know you don't like Marxism. <laughs> and i know you're completely against marxism you don't believe in it you don't comply to it is that a true statement i i love enslaving people 
to oh, do you? Op- mm. oppressed versus oppressor mentalities. <laughs> victimhood just gets you so far in life when you have a victimhood mentality. No, uh, you know, I I tell people, um, you know, it's it's funny. I I recently have been saying, uh, if you're a business owner and you want to learn about marketing, heck, learn from the progressive left. they for for like a century now uh they've been repackaging marxism and just slapping a different label on it true absolutely true Uh, are you familiar with the uh with white labeling and white labeling yep so uh for those who don't understand white labeling uh what it is is uh you may have uh your Kirkland brand uh, uh, chips that you get at your Costco, uh, those very likely are actually fulfilled by Frito-Lay, but they just put it in a different package. Right. Same with your furniture. You know, th- you might go to one store and it may be called Three Posts or something, uh, but it's really made and fulfilled by Ashley Furniture. Uh, so that's the concept of, of white labeling is that you're getting the same exact thing as uh, another manufacturer that other stores are carrying. And it's just that they've tricked you into thinking it's, it's a different brand. And, and that's what they've cleverly done with Marxism. And so, uh, you know, we split up our, we split up our efforts to combat socialism, communism, fascism, CRT, gender identity and divisiveness over vaccination status. Okay. What if we could hit six birds with one stone? All of these root back to Marxism. It's all white labeling. And you, and you're right, you know, all the way down from, from, well, I started with as of late, to me, for example, the anti-vax and the vax. That's the latest gimmick yeah. for, for white labeling. But then there was CRT. But then you had modern theory. Then you had modern legal theory. And then you had critical theory. You know, it's always been the same thing, but they repackage it. And see, each, each every 10 years, they try to see if they can sell this thing and people would buy it. And they're going to keep pushing it and white labeling until eventually... People will eventually buy it. Well, the problem is with that is, you know, hopefully if we do our jobs, we wake people up and we teach them the white labeling theory, not the modern theory, not the critical race theory, the white laboring theory. I mean, the Democrats are some of the best con artists I've ever seen in life. You know, I have a saying, all prisons, all crooks aren't in prison. I can tell you where a lot of them are in Washington, (laughs) D.C. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, just to show you how how badly we've kind of been mixed up on on all these things, um, you know, that in the conservative movement, I, I feel like we make the mistake of identifying things that are uh, of important attention need need to be addressed. But we kind of split up our efforts. You know, we've got a camp over here trying to combat CRT. We've got to combat. We've got a camp over there trying to combat 
gender identity. What if instead of chopping down branches, we could chop the whole trunk down, get the stump up and remove the roots? That's that's what we should try to do. If, if we could be more effective, I think the left purposely tries to get us to kind of run circles around each other. And so I, I was having this discussion with a guy recently, and uh, he said, uh, CRT does not go back to Karl Marx. You have no, you claim you know stuff, but you don't know anything. That goes back to the Frankfurt School. I'm like, hey, before, before, you, before you do an argument, please just do a simple Google search. Just do, just do a, a two-second Google search before you argue with me. Someone who's done a lot of research. They openly credit Karl Marx for giving uh, society, saying that you can change things in society by believing uh, race and class and some of these other things as a social construct is where you can influence change with the mentality of oppressed versus oppressor. The Frankfurt School credits Karl Marx for that. You know, Jake, I've learned one thing. I quit arguing with dumbasses because it makes me a dumbass. <laughs> I, lose, I lose intelligence. <laughs> I mean, I do not have the bandwidth any longer to argue with people who just repeat what the Democrat Party tells them not teaches them well sometimes i would say train them because i'm tired of arguing with people that the conversation that you have with these people basically just keeps kicking the cans down the road that's all it does because at some point in time these people don't have that red light to come us oh stop wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute there's some truth to that i heard that somewhere else but no they don't have that conversation with us because they've only heard it from one place that's from Black Lives Matter or from some dumbass um, school professor who thinks he's an expert on all cultures in the United States and socialism, racism, Marxism, and all the other isms that they seem to be bring, bringing up in this country. Next, we're going to have one called, called Black Lives Matterism. That's coming to a school near you. And uh, it, just, <laughs> it is it, there. Yeah, it's, you know, you, everything's an ism, and yes, don't let me forget socialism, but uh, we should not have to be fighting over some of these stupidest things in this country, but we entertain it. And the problem is in this country is it goes back to race relations. The white America feels like, and I wouldn't say a lot of you, but a lot of white Americans feel like they need to do something to justify CRT, um, slavery, um, critical race theory, I just said that, Marxism. We need to find that happy in the middle place where we can all get along. I will tell you this, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen in the way they're trying to do it. Um, what Republicans and conservatives need to do, number one, shut their damn feelings off when it comes to this socialism kind of crap. Close your emotions. Be numb about it. Do not let them play to your fear of being called a racist. Because that's what's getting the country into position we are now. You know, I've said this to some senators. I said, look, 
you can have six black people come here and say, I want CRT. And you have 50,000 people in the Capitol lawn saying we don't want CRT. Those legislators will vote for CRT because of six blacks. And people say, why would they do that? Because they do not want to be called a racist. Mm -hmm. That's the fear factor that we need to teach people to get away from. If they call you a racist, but yeah, it's like, look, you can call me a racist all, the, all you want, but I still believe in the Constitution, which got your ass here yeah. today. Yeah. So You know something? Uh, the... I, I can't imagine being in uh, going through grade school right now with just how thick and it, like it, it, they just don't even they don't even hide the fact that they're teaching critical race theory anymore. Uh, but it, it's been going on for so long. It was just now they they don't even care to hide. They don't even care to kind of be quiet about it. Uh but it's been subtle and there for a long time. I remember uh, after going, being beat so many times over the head with, you know, your ancestors enslaved black people, and they're still feeling repercussions of that now. And just being beat over that so many times in, in history and civics and uh, stuff like, uh, not civics, but social studies and through, uh, through high school and stuff, I kind of had this mentality of like, anytime I saw a black man, I almost had to like, feel like I had to be extra nice to him more than anybody else, more than anybody else, because I was so afraid, like, you know, I got to get in his psyche. Is, is he thinking I'm racist? Does he think I'm looking at him? Wait, stop staring at him. Does he think I'm staring at him because it's black skin? Like that it totally, becomes uh so severe that you are becoming racist through reverse racism you are racist uh ignorantly i became racist because i was uh treating black people differently and it's almost saying that they're not capable uh it's absolutely saying they're not capable because the person that told you in your younger years and said to you you know you're your culture, whites own slaves. Well, nine times out of 10 in Utah, it's a white person telling you that. <laughs> that's what's crazy about this. Yeah, It's a white person that's telling you that. So when you get a white person telling you that, you already know that, that person has been indoctrinated and she's drank the Kool-Aid called CRT, grape flavor. <laughs> So, yes, I said it. Great flavor. So, so that's the problem in this country. Whites need to need, need to learn how to, as some black leaders and influencers say, shut up, quit talking about slavery, quit promoting slavery, and let's stop talking about reparations because it's not going to happen. It's right. like term limits. It's not going to happen. I've I've gotten to the point where it's like, uh. It, I know in my life, I don't have any sort of, um, I don't have any sort of hate toward anybody. Uh, and not just, they say it's not just an issue of hate. It's also a, an issue of 
ignorance toward another culture or, or group. Uh, I served a LDS mission um, in the South. And for those who don't know, you'll, you'll be very, very surprised. In fact, you should have seen John's face when I showed him my music video. <laughs> you, you would never guess, but I'm a rapper. I know, hard to believe, uh, but I'm a rapper. And you could ask John. I that he is. Fire. That he is. I've I seen both fire. videos. I've seen both so, videos. Uh, so my mission president, the guy that presided over and, and uh, oversaw my area that I was serving in, he, I think, thought it'd be funny <laughs> in some ways, and also perhaps good for making a connection to serve in all my time in the hood. <laughs> um so no i've I've seen things i'm not i've left i've been out of utah i've spent a lot of time in the hood i'm not ignorant uh so one no hate and two no ignorance those are the two things if you're not hateful they try to get you on oh well you're ignorant nope and i'm, I'm not afraid to be called racist because guess what i'm not you can try to corner me all you want i'm not racist in fact uh, you know, they, I hate the term colorblind. I hate it. It's Cause it's not a, true. It's such a stupid thing. I, I'm not, John, I'm, I, I'm not going to look at you and say, I don't see your black skin. And, you're and, that, and that's an absolute lie. I hate that too. You're I not hate gonna look at me and say, know. I don't see your white skin, but Hey, guess what? What I can say is, uh, uh, instead of making your black skin, the main emphasis, I can say, Hey, there's things about you that are different, just like uh, your friend Jamie, who is of the same ethnic background as myself, but she's got a different personality. She's got a different uh, background. All of us are different, and that's what makes it nice is having people that are different, but that you can still unify with. Uh, and so I hate the term colorblind because it's like we should enjoy that all of us are different. and be proud of who we are i look at it i mean see i hate that term colorblind too as well because i think when you know success is here's this is high for socializing in the human world first of all we're all humans number one that is our species well but secondly you know when the country is the melting pot when you don't have racism, you don't have um, this, a lot of stereotypes. Because when people really get along, they know what color you are. You just get along because we get along as human beings. And this is what that's. This is where we're missing the point. We missing. They're missing the point because you know. I would love to live in a world where you know blacks and whites get along, and you really. I won't say you don't see color because you will always see color. You will know who you're addressing when you have a face-to-face conversation. But with that said, at the same time, you don't realize their color by having a certain type of a conversation. For example, you know, when I'm talking to you, for example, I know you white as day. But I don't think about that 
because right. I'm just having a conversation. Right. I don't it's think not about the first thing, oh, it's not the first thing that crosses your mind. No, it's not. So to me, it doesn't, I don't say like, uh, Jake's a white guy. So I go, Hey buddy, how you doing, pal? You know, <laughs> I don't have to change my language. I don't have no. to, you know, I don't, no, like when I see a black man, I go, what's up my dude? You know, no, I stay me. I don't cater to the culture and the slang. I cater to the character of the person that I'm having a conversation with. I just have a conversation. That's it. Now, do I, like, for example, when I go back home to North Carolina, for example, because that's where I'm from, I will find my um, Goldsboro outside of Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. Ah. So when I go back home and I'm back there for three, four days, yes, I will develop a slight, you know, Southern accent again because I'm back in that environment in which I grew up in. Sure. But then when I get back to Utah for a few days, it's, dude, you sound like you're from the country. I'm a country boy. But give me a few more days and I acclimate again. And then I speak what my ear, I speak in the manner that my ears are hearing. So, but I don't sling Ebon, speak Ebonics though. That's the difference. I don't think I need to go back home and speak Ebonics for everyone to relate to me. Yeah. And then I come back here and speak good grammar because I'm in Utah around a bunch of white folks. See, and this is where the stereotype comes in. And people need to learn how to dismiss this as, as, you know, catering to a specific race. For example, if you go down to the South, I can tell you're from the North or somewhere other than you. It's not racism. It's just where you're from. It's your dialect. Yeah. But a lot of people say, when I go back, oh, you talk all proper. You talk like a white man. That's what they say when I go back home. I said, why? Because I've developed an accent, an accent from the north. I speak the same. But what they don't realize, I'm still saying the same words that I would have in the south that I would have and have in the north. But the dialect has changed because my environment has changed. That's the only thing different. It's not that I'm any whiter because I live in Utah or I'm any blacker because I live in, I'm in North Carolina. I'm still the same person. You know, if I go down to Spain and speak, go down to Spain and learn to speak Spanish better than I do, I might even pick up a slight accent when I'm speaking Spanish, not when I'm speaking English, but when I'm speaking Spanish. So there's a lot of things that people now they construe as, as race. But like you, I don't see race the way people who say I don't see color. When yeah. I'm talking to a black man, I'm just talking to another black man or a white man. I don't I don't associate that difference. Yeah, but it's it's kind of like the example, my personal example from after high school, just through high school, the the issue with uh, the Marxist ideologies is that it's it's uh look i was talking to someone earlier today um who was asking me what i do with liberty united they're like do you my organization they're like do you focus on uh any specific issues i said no i just teach the constitution uh really that that's my focus because there's corruption on both sides absolutely uh Definitely one side more than the other, but it's, absolutely, it's, <laughs> it's on both sides, and uh, 
you know, I think that if we focus on principles rather than uh, dividing uh, what makes us different, then we can we can find progress. And I gave the example of how I think there's there's extremes. I I do think it's an extreme to try to play it off like uh, we never had slavery and try to dismiss that like it was never an issue uh, because we would have never abolished it if we had that attitude. So it was important that we acknowledge an issue. You can't solve something unless you first have the humility to acknowledge it. So acknowledge it, make right. progress. We progressed. Right. Okay. But the other extreme though is focusing so much on something of the past that, you know, every nation, including Africa, it's not justified that we had it, but Africa is the one that proposed the African slave trade. Before that, it was Irish people and, and others uh, right. being traded by pirates. Uh, but, um, you know, I, to spend all your waking moment just trying to uh, focus on uh, driving division and saying, do you notice this person's black? You need to know, you need to make that the first thing you notice when someone walks in the door you need to notice that they're black and you need to be apologetic for who you are because they're black well how's that going to unite or they're, they're doing all this under the the name of let's heal our nation let's there's so much healing that needs to take place i'm sorry how's that going to heal us how's that going to unite us if we're teaching little kids and i mean little kids they're doing it in first second grade they're starting that young with this Marxist right. teaching that you need to be apologetic for who you are. But then also, what's that do to the little black kid? They think, oh, well, I always need the white person to be apologetic toward me to get anywhere in life. Well, that's racist. That. <laughs> the, see, they, they speak uh, ill and call it truth uh, right. but it's it's the exact opposite what they're teaching in schools is racism and i don't i don't care if it's it's not a race issue for me i don't care if it's a, a black boy or a chinese kid or another white kid that's from a trailer park instead of a, a rich neighborhood to tell someone that they need the help and, uh, you know, some kind of financial reformation uh, for some past thing in order to succeed in life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter the race. That's not going to set them up for success, teaching them that kind of mentality. And, and you're exactly right. I, I, I give this, this example quite often. The NBA, for example. NBA is dominated by mostly by mostly black athletes. Those black black athletes, a lot of them can jump and touch the rim with their elbows. So it is a black dominated sport. The athleticism, I would say, is greater for the black athletes. But what you don't hear is the white athletes saying, "Hey, 
lower the goal down to eight feet so we can dunk and do the same thing the black guys do. <laughs> See, that's what I call lowering the bar. They yeah. don't do it only for white athletes or white individuals in the schools and then in the workforce. They lower the standards for blacks. But they don't do it on the basketball court. And the white guys are not running around saying, hey, guys, will you please lower the goal down to eight foot four so I can dunk backwards or blah, 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 and be a superstar because all the guys that are doing, you know, the dunk contest, they're all black. And here and there you have a white guy. But they're all mostly black. But you do not hear white guys saying, hey, lower the goal so we can participate. That is the rule we should go by in life. It's a level playing field. But what do the white boys do? They step up to the plate. Okay, we'll shoot in the 10-foot goal. We may not be able to dunk like the black guys, but we'll learn how to shoot and drill with the ball and all the other things and all the other attributes that makes you a star in the NBA. John Stockton wasn't a dunker, but he was one of the best point guards in the country. Yeah, yeah. See, they learn how to play without complaining and be successful still. Not everybody's going to be LeBron James. It's not going to happen. But you still could be a superstar in the NBA and the playing field or the floor is level for all. The goal is 10 foot tall. So that's the example people need to realize and think about when it comes to, you know, equality. It's truly played on an equal field. It's the same length for black guys as it is for white guys. The goal is just as high for the white guys as it is the black guys. But the difference is the white guys are not complaining. Yeah. So this is how they look at corporate America. If the white guys are making all the money, for example, they're all CEOs and CFOs and COOs in these corporations, black people should say, you know what? Don't lower the goal for me. Just leave the door open because I'm coming. Mm-hmm. That's how it should be done. But now now we're headed into things like ESG. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Social oh, credit okay. score and, uh, you know, you how woke are you? And that depends how much lending you're going to get, how much, what kind of services you'll get in society. Um, it's It's awful. And, you know, we've, We've got to we've got to nip it in the butt, and part of that is cleaning house. Exactly. Uh, if we want to clean house, we've got to have secure elections. Exactly, and that's why you're and running. That's why I'm running. You know, uh, some people have said I've heard some things with ranked choice voting, but I haven't really seen anything that uh, I haven't seen any examples as to why it's this big boogeyman. Well, let me explain. After each round, uh, the person that gets eliminated, their tallies don't go with them. And there's a recount in the second round, which is the new uh, rankings. Those go on to the other people. You keep getting to you keep get uh, carrying over more uh, tallies. And so. What you may end up with is a situation where somebody that had the third least votes in the first round by the fourth round, they're the final winner. 
it's a super convoluted system that's very evil. And the Republicans running for county clerk in Utah County are in favor of that. And so I'm running as an independent to county and secure our elections. We've got and to be able to clean house. And we welcome you to the election pool because you're right. We need to get rid of the dirt bags and the scumbags and the people that's about embellishing themselves financially. Um, before we do go, we have probably about a minute or so left also. Um, will you once again, tell people about your event in April 9th, you know, take a yep. few minutes, seconds and remind them where they can go. Sure. Yep. So again, we've got Amla with Prager U uh, and phenomenal speaker um we are doing buy one get one free right now that's good till just sunday even if you hear this after sunday and still get your ticket it's so amazing uh the actionable and focused knowledge you're going to get this is not a rally where we're going to pump you up we're actually going to ed- educate you and empower you so go to utahliberty.net once again ladies and gentlemen my friend Jake Oaks running for county commissioner? County clerk. County clerk. I wish it was commissioner. Um, I want to say, Jake, I wish you luck. Great. I hope you have great out, um, success on the upcoming event. And once again, America, I want to say my name is John Harvey, and I'm your host of the Modern Conservative Podcast. Love you all, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>